This is the Punk Show Podcast. Hello? Hey, Todd. Yo, how's it going? <laughs> Good, how you doing? Good. <laughs> right on. Yep. Um, cool, well, welcome back to uh, Canadian Soil. Thank you. Uh, you're back in Winnipeg. Um, yep. So, you were in Mexico, like, not even just less than a week ago. Yeah, On uh, I guess we played on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, how was that? Awesome, yeah. Totally, yeah. The, it's amazing there. Uh, People I are going nuts. Uh, yeah, I had a great time, actually. Is, that's not the first time you played down there, is it? Uh, it is, yeah. Oh, really? Wow, okay. Yeah, um, it's kind of an amazing experience, you know, playing there and people so into it. and Yeah, it was cool. And the promoter took us to the look at the pyramids and all that. So Yeah, I saw some of the photos. That looked amazing. Yeah, totally. I, is it weird and uh, still surprising when you go to a new place like that and re- and realize how much of a fan base you have and that you maybe even didn't realize? Uh, yeah, cause I, uh, I'm the kind of person, I guess, I try to appreciate everything, you know, so, it's, uh, yeah, for me standing there, I always just try to, uh, remind myself that I never, ever thought I would be doing that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Or never, like, or, like, I would have hoped I would be doing that, but, you know, I would have thought it never would have actually worked out, you know? On that scale, anyway, right? I mean, Yeah, it's... exactly, yeah. Um, and did I see... The, did I see this right? Did you guys play in a church? I know you did, you were also doing a bunch of U.S. dates. Did you play in a in a church somewhere? Uh, Mexico was in an old church converted to a venue, and so was uh, uh, was it like Kentucky New, or something? Newport, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Propaganda yeah, in a church. That seems a little strange. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the only problem being that churches weren't really made for heavy music. You know. Right. But, we have we have a venue here in Victoria that's like that. It's called the Alex Golden Hall, and it's uh, it's an old converted church. It still has the big pipe organ in the back, and everything. The acoustics in there are, are amazing, though. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I can't really say. You know, like I didn't hear them from out in the crowd, but I, I assume they sounded just a little bit less good than a proper venue. But maybe no one cares anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So you're back in uh, Winnipeg now, and then I guess there's a little bit of a turnaround. You got a few weeks off, and then you're over to Europe. Uh, yeah, from uh, I guess Manchester all the way down to Milan, Italy. Do you like being on the road? I'm happy here in Winnipeg, and I'm happy on the road. Yeah, I just try to uh, just go with the flow and have a good time. You know, like to uh, to stop doing the shows would you know what I mean? I like it. I like traveling. I like playing. I like making songs. I like everything, you know what I mean? Just Fair enough. Go with it. I don't know. I don't really <laughs> see any reason to cry about anything, you know? <laughs> well, that's good, because a lot of people always find something to complain about, even if they're living the high life, you know? Oh, yeah, no shit, yeah. Um, yeah I, try, I try not to be like that, you know? And then, and then I, I'll get off this touring <laughs> train of thought here for in a second, but I'm just uh, curious, because then you're coming back, and then you've got a few, uh, I've, you've got some Canadian dates, and I want to know... Um, if you're ever going to make it back to Victoria, you played here, it wasn't that long ago, I guess, a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how things go. Like right now we have a, a bunch of stuff on the go, you know. I think in June we're playing uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and some festival in Montebello, Rock Fest that we played before. Okay. Um, then in fall there's more shows in Europe kind of being lined up, and... Uh, uh, also in the fall, a couple more U.S. states being lined up. So Okay. 
but those are still in the bag or whatever they would say. <laughs> um, so is music your... F- okay, well, I'm going to talk about your art in a minute. We'll get to that. I know about that. But uh, do you, are you a day job guy or music is your... That's your career, isn't it? I mean, you must keep busy. Uh, yeah, I think we've, uh, we've sort of been a band so long that it's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of my job, you know. I had a job for a while, but I just we go on tour and then I just quit, you know. And <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just being in Winnipeg, a place where it's like a lot cheaper to live, and I don't really buy anything, or you know what I mean. Yeah. So I uh, can. Yeah, just just the band, especially for playing a lot of shows, and it kind of works out all right, you know. Well, that brings me to another question. I, I don't want this to come across as any kind of insult to Winnipeg because Winnipeg is a really cool town, but. You know, you're in this internationally renowned, popular band, and you travel the world. Why? Why is Winnipeg still home to you? Is it just because it's your hometown, and that's where you feel the most comfortable? I mean, it sounds to me like you could probably live any, anywhere you wanted. Yeah, well, I guess it's. Uh, I guess because we're all from here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I could easily uh, go somewhere more exciting if everyone wanted to go, and but I guess you know, like we all we've all had houses here for years, you know, and. Uh, like Chris and George's parents are all from here. And right. Mine are from, re- I don't know, you just feel, I guess, just comfortable. But yeah. There's, and, it, and it's cheap, you know. So Fair enough. I don't know. I guess it just, just ends up being that way. Like, there's certainly lots of uh, opportunities to do stuff that we miss being here. But at the same time, you know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to talk about, uh, and I and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Is it Sulin Hago? Is that is that am I even close there? Yeah, I think that's pretty. Well, yeah, yeah, Sulin Hago. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. So Sulin um, has been in the band for a little while now, and uh, I want to know a little bit of how that all came about. How did you meet her? How did she get into the band? And also, um, speaking of being in Winnipeg, she's based down in Florida. So how does that all work? Yeah. So she got in the band by. Uh, we were just looking for guitar players. We just put out a call for guitar players, and uh, she was right on the ball, you know. She had, like, her songs done, like, within a week, and this, uh, like, bio written up about herself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like sort of for us, like we, like, we all jam hard and practice hard, and so we know that we want someone who's... Uh, like hard working, you know, to learn all the songs and do a good job. So, right, it's kind of like the people that, even if they're good guitar players, if they don't like come across as a hard working kind of person or something, then you kind of wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was right on it. She teaches guitar, her personality. Then we did a little Skype with her, and uh, yeah, we liked her. And then we got her to just send her us like better recorded versions of her. Uh, playing our songs you know okay then she came up and yeah she's awesome i don't think we could have found anyone better really you know um and so how has that uh if at all how how has it changed the dynamic of the band i mean you're not the new guy anymore i guess yeah well i guess it was beaver was a lot newer than me anyway but Mm. yeah he's uh true he is yeah he was busy so i guess the, the main dynamic is just that we weren't uh jamming with beaver you know yeah it's uh like it was just like to write the record it was mostly me jordan chris and sue lynn was helping a little bit but she's not up here with us you know so it was kind of like instead of a four-person record making thing it was like a mostly a three-person thing i gotcha uh even though we're still we're actually still playing some songs that beef helped us write but like just like we're jamming without them you know and 
so I think that was the biggest difference. And then, uh, yeah, and then just, I guess just the shows are different. Like, Sulan has a bit of a different energy than Beeb, you know? Mm-hmm. They're both awesome, but, yeah, we're just, uh, yeah, she's awesome. We, we're happy to have her. So, uh, I mean, Victory Lap has obviously been out for a little while now, but it's, uh, you know, it ended up on a lot of top ten lists, a lot of, uh, you know, very critically acclaimed album of yours. Um, and yeah. uh, and I think from what I can tell, it, it was very successful, you know, sales-wise and all that stuff. Um, was it one of the best albums that way as far as how it was received and, and, and by fans and critics? Uh, it seems like it. I haven't... Uh looked into any of the sales or anything like uh i'm sure and whenever at some point in like at the six month point or whenever i don't know <laughs> it's just, i never look at that stuff so Fair enough. you have to ask george i just uh sit yeah. back and whatever he's kind of in control of knowing what's going on you he's know? the guy that's uh that knows what's going on with the money yeah so uh yeah he just he's better at adding and all that i yeah so yeah, so I'm really not sure, but I do know that, it, like, in the first week or first month or whatever, we were getting, like, pretty excited emails from Epitaph about how it was doing, you know? So, okay. Uh, that's all I can really go on, I guess. And and I guess I think, actually, the shows, it seems like attendance has actually picked up, and like everyone's singing along with the new songs, and they all seem into it, so. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, I I think good, yeah, is my answer, I suppose. Um. Obviously, propaganda is known for being um, very uh, opinionated and political and outward with their uh, with their message and all that stuff. Obviously, the, the animal rights and and uh, you know and world politics and re- religion and all that stuff. And I read an actually I read an interesting interview with Chris on I think it was Noisy and how he was saying like you know back going back to the first couple of albums of propaganda he was like standing with his bullhorn trying to get the message out. Now that now that's become sort of um, the reality where everybody, especially with social media, I hope I can I can explain this properly. My question, but uh, you know, it's with social media and everything, everybody's um, involved in that themselves. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's got their right. cause. Everybody's shouting from the, the the rooftops. So he was saying, now it's time to kind of with Victory Lap was still to talk about those issues, but be more of an observer or a participant as a pol- as opposed to a leader of it. Do you know what I mean? Do you do you feel that as well? I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I feel it was a different time before, you know, like like the things that propaganda were saying, they were like, they were kind of peripheral ideas, you know, and, and punk kind of had this way of like, you know, like the history of it, like with MDC and Dead Kennedys of like, like saying things in a certain way, but over time when the whole world's just, you know, acting like <laughs> like an ass and... You know, like the, that in-your-face kind of way is just like a little bit, I don't know. Yeah, it's like literally like when the president is trying to be in-your-face, man, and every corporation is in-your-face, man. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever, you know? It's like being like the, being too boisterous gets lost in the noise because there's so much of it going on, kind of? Uh, kind of, mm-hmm. and like it's almost like is that the best way anymore to do something, you know? Like I think what the world needs is like, people to think a little more and think a little deep more a little deeper and with stuff you know mm-hmm. even though it, it actually doesn't get the same attention even still you know these days like like i think people want to hear things in black and white but i think like yeah i think chris is probably thinking the same it's just like the world is 
different, like it needs a little bit more nuance is what this world needs, really, you know? Yeah, or or uh, from what I can tell or observe, it seems like people need to have more conversations and not talk at each other as much as actually listen to each other. A bit yeah, more. exactly, yeah. And maybe that was always the case, you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Like, I'm not saying, like, everything's always been 100% right or anything. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's art. Like, people uh, are doing what they're feeling at the time, you know? Yeah. At the time, everyone was frustrated. And before, you couldn't, like, even us ourselves, like, we couldn't just go on the Internet and type our message to the world, you know? It's like you just have a, a few little shots to say what you're about as a human being, you know, in this... Sure like a record and here's your like couple chances to say what we're about so make it clear you know um with the current situation in the world and i mean here we are in canada it's a little different here obviously but we're inundated with what's going on down in the united states and how divided they are down there and how crazy you know right-wing and conservative a lot of people are down there do you guys run into any trouble down there at all with with the fact that you're so um uh you know, vocal about about your stance on stuff and your issues. Do you get protests and stuff, or do you get run into those you know rednecks and shit like that? Uh, we haven't for a while, so it's good, really. You know, I uh, have no need to bother with those dum dums. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess maybe there's just so much going on and so many people in the world hating so many people. Like it's harder to focus on one batch of people you hate. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, like I think, yeah. you know, what I mean, it's like, like, yeah, I think there's just so many people saying so many things that almost everything is just muting each other in a way, you know, except for the overall negativity just grows and grows. Do you feel? Do you find it still possible to be hopeful in this day and age? I'm back and forth, you know, sometimes hopeful, sometimes unhopeful, but not really caring that I'm unhopeful, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not really going to quit trying my best, you know, like, that's one thing I always promise myself not to do is to just become like an adult that doesn't care, you know, and is, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like whether I'm hopeful or not is almost irrelevant because I'm going to keep trying no matter what, you know? Right. Well, yeah. And in, in a sense that that is being hopeful, I guess. Right. If, if you, yeah. Um, now, and I, I guess, like, I personally, I have no kids or anything, so mm-hmm. like, I don't even personally care if the world goes on, you know. But for <laughs> other people's kids and animals and stuff, I will try, you know. <laughs> well, well, thank you. On, the, on behalf of a guy that does there, have a kid, I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go, yeah. <laughs> so, I'll do it for your children. <laughs> all right. Um, you're pretty connected with social media and stuff. You know, you're on Instagram and Facebook and all that. I'm just curious, because uh, this is just in the news like this week, what are your thoughts about this whole thing going on? Have you been following this Cambridge Analytica thing where everyone's getting their data? Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, semi-following it. Like, I read a couple things, yeah. I think that's crazy, yeah. It actually makes me just, or confirms my fears that, like, Someday this social media thing is just going to spiral into a a bloodbath of some kind. I don't know what, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to agree. It feels like yeah. it's uh, it's, and I don't know how long it will take till till it gets there. But yeah, um, you know, it had such potential to be such a wonderful thing in the internet, yeah. in, the internet in general, and social media in particular. But yeah. uh, it's become just this monster uh, that's kind of tearing everything apart. Yeah, it's. Uh... 
Yeah, I started to like I I almost like I Instagram's different cuz I just follow a bunch of painters and look at their paintings mm-hmm. but like uh like Facebook like I, I I almost like I almost can't even look at that stuff anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's depressing. It's depressing to see what people you know think and do, you know? Yeah. It's depressing to see what their friends and family think cuz you see what it you know what I mean? You don't just see the people you know, you see all the dumb dumbs they know. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're doing something, if you decide to f- look at Facebook, like, you're taking a gamble on ruining your day. <laughs> That's you know true, I mean? yeah. <laughs> like, you never know what's going to pop up, you know? Same with emails that come to propaganda. It's like, do I want to open this thing and see what cornholioness is bestowed upon me, you know? <laughs> Like, sometimes it's great, and someone will perk up your day or make you feel good, you know. That's the most part, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you just look, and you're like, oh, man, this person's so unbelievably dumb, I can't even take it. Yeah, know? it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, you mentioned your art or, or following artists and stuff. I mean, th- we got to talk about this, because I didn't know this until not that long ago, Um you are a remarkable artist. I mean, obviously your music is your art too, but I'm talking about your painting and your sketching oh, and all thanks, that stuff. Man. Dude, it's, it's, right. it's really, really good. And I assume you've, you must have come from some formal training. How did that all, I mean, you've been doing that all your life? I just, well, I've always drawn, you know, mm-hmm. with my brother and whatever, but uh, he's actually in the other room drawing right now. <laughs> right on. But uh, yeah, we're just, uh, I guess my... I guess I just it's uh I just try to do it a lot and try to learn, you know, from things online. I think that was most of my my original training was online, but then I kind of reached a peak of where I could get to, you know. So I went down to I just was like looking up artists that I think that I basically the best artists I could possibly find and seeing if they're doing workshops and I've done a few of those and found them really helpful. Like, uh, there's this guy, Sean Cheatham, I just went to a workshop with, and he's so good. I found it so helpful, you know, and then I come back and just keep working on what I learned from him for another year or so, you know, and find someone. I'll probably go again with him sometime when I can, yeah. It's do you, awesome. Do you, have you shown your stuff at galleries and stuff like that? Uh, no, because I, uh, I kind of just do it for myself, you know. Like, it's even just recently I got that Instagram going, you know. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, uh, you know, when you're with a band, it's like, like there's, there's all people, like there's people who like the band, there's pressure to make songs, you know, there's like other people, like everything's by, uh, like, like more than what just you have to agree, you know, like I, I just didn't want to like have what anyone else thinks in any way, like get into my painting, you know? Okay. Yeah. I think I understand that. Yeah, I was just kind of doing it to myself, and then at a certain point, I thought, oh, this is getting all right, you know, maybe it's... And people ask me, you know, because they saw the propaganda cover, like, what are your paintings like, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, maybe it's now a good time to, you know, just show people, like, why not, you know? Well, uh, you're being kind of humble because, like, honestly, I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert. My wife actually has a degree in art history, and I showed her your Instagram, and she was blown away. Like, I mean, those, oh, wow. some of those portraits and stuff that you do are uh, really, really good. And, I, I mean, I, I mean, 
I'm not one to tell you what to do, but you should, you should, you know, I think you should explore that further and, you know, maybe either sell your stuff or show it at least and get it out there a bit more. And that brings me to another question. And maybe this is, I think I know you're, you're, you, you, you seem very humble about it all, but, uh, you know, propagandies used artists in the past for their cover art. I mean, you, you should do some cover art. Yeah, well, I did the failed states cover. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, uh, and the uh, I don't know if you ever saw the split seven inch with uh, uh, with sacrifice. It's like we did a rush cover, or they did a rush cover. We did COC. Okay. I got an owl on it. I did that, and I did the drawing inside of a supporting cast. We're all like sitting at this lunch thing. Right. Okay. Uh, That and. A couple of the shirts, but those shirts are kind of before I started uh, getting better, you know. So when I see them, I'm not really all that proud. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I, yeah, that's my. I'm kind of like the kind of guy. I'm just like on a. Even with music, like even though it's like professional, like I find I'm more the kind of person. I'm into the journey of doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the journey of painting, the journey of doing art. Not so much like what you get in the end, you know, or who likes it, you know? I understand, yeah. Yeah. Um, your band before Propaganda, I Spy. Yeah. Uh, do you still keep in touch with those guys? Do you ever jam with them or anything like that? Uh, I haven't jammed with them for a long time, but I talk to uh, James, the drummer, all the time. I saw him in Vancouver when we were there last time. Went out for supper with him. Oh, cool. Uh, he's jamming with some people and uh, doing awesome. He does lots of recording and... Uh, he works with like people with addictions out there, you know. Okay. Then I saw Rary, the guitar player of I Spy, came to Winnipeg, uh, maybe just like in the fall, and yeah, we hung out. He was doing awesome. He's still playing guitar and all that. And, and then Guerrero, the bass player, yeah, I saw him last time. Propaganda, he played in Regina. He's there. I think he's a professor. Oh wow. Of university, maybe like uh, uh, what do you call it? Philosophy, actually. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all those guys are doing great. Yeah, Rary works on, like, hospital computers, I think. Like the, I don't know, doing what. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are scattered a little bit around the, the country, but, uh, yeah, maybe if you guys ever got in the same room, you could, uh, you know, see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All those guys are so awesome, yeah. Like, all they're playing, you know. Like, I was actually, like, I was kind of, like, made the words and made the riffs, but, like, as far as, like, like playing chops, all those guys were ahead of me for sure at that time. So, how does the writing process with propaganda work? Um, should I assume does Chris write all the lyrics, and then you guys just as a band come up with the music, or, or how does it go? Uh, well, if they're if the songs are sung by me, then I generally made most of the guitar and my own lyrics. And your own lyrics, okay, great. And uh, if they're by Chris, then yeah, he basically made the guitar and the uh, and the words and. Yeah, and then the other guys are, like, I think, like, someone like Jordan, the drumming, I think it's really understated how much someone like him adds to the actual song, you know, mm-hmm. and the songwriting. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, sometimes I think the drummers are way more important than they, than they seem to the, <laughs> how things turn out, you know? Yeah, I've heard that's that before they, from people, and that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's like especially involved bands like us, you know, like uh, like like some bands are like, you know, the one person writes the songs and just shows up and shows the other people and they learn it in a few weeks and then go into the studio, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're jamming like every day of the week, 
you know, for a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. like just because that's what we do. We just, you know what I mean? That's our lives. We just go down and start practicing. And like if we practice for a tour, like we <laughs> we really practice, you know? I can imagine. Like we're there for like a month or something before we split. And like it's just the way, like it's almost habit, you know, like you train yourself habits. Just like like painting, I think that's the same thing. I just train myself to keep doing it and do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then eventually, yeah, it's more habit than talent, you know? And then, uh, or hard work, I guess, hard work, habit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's just it. And then, so, like, I kind of consider all our songs sort of written by all of us, you know? Like, they wouldn't be what they are without all three of us, you know? Um, Or or whoever else, like Sue Inn or Beef helping, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, So, Victory Lab... There was about a five-year gap be- between failed states and victory lap, and before that, you know, every- anywhere from sort of four to five years, or maybe even more. Um, yeah. Is that? Do you see that sort of continuing as a timeline? Or are you guys, um, you know, inspired by? Uh, I don't want to say the success of victory lap because you've had obviously success with other albums too. But do do you, do you feel like you're going to wait that long again for the next album? Uh, well, we kind of we don't even try to wait. You know, it's just like. This time ticks by so fast. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like by September, we'll already be at one year, you know, and we'll still be playing shows. And then, yeah, I don't know what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For people who jam so much, it's crazy how little output we have. But in a way, like, you know what I mean? If we had a record out next year, it'd just be like, what? Yeah. It'd just be like, be, I don't even know if people want one yet, you know? It's just like, you know, if it ruled, of course, yeah, but the chances of it ruling are greatly diminished, you know, if it's just right. next year, you know? Well, I guess there's something to be said for, for doing that and making sure the album you put out is the one you want to put out, and then it's yeah. it's more anticipated by the fans, and it's, um, like you said, you're not kind of just repeating yourself and, and putting out a record every year like some bands do, right? Yeah, and sometimes, like, even bands I like, like, sometimes you lose track of what records they even have, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like well you know what i mean i don't know i never seen that one before and which might be cool but i don't know like i uh like in the long run i almost don't know if it does any good having like more and more records you know mm-hmm. it's like i think it's better to almost have like just like little cor- little milestones you know or little cornerstones like oh here's a record here's a record you know yeah and people kind of know what like if people are listening to you they kind of know what they all are you know um, now I know just from following you on, uh, on, on Facebook and stuff that you're a big metal fan. Oh yeah. Um, and Propaganda is one of these bands that, uh, I'm almost done by the way, Todd, I got a couple more quick questions oh, no here. Worries, yeah. Um, Propaganda is one of those bands and there's not really that many of them out there who, um, appeal to a heavy metal audience and also a punk audience and, you know, almost equally kind of thing. And that's a little bit to do with obviously the more of a punk sound that Propagandy started with back in the day, but also just, you know, it's got a crossover sound. So is that something that you're cognizant of as a band or yourself? Like, okay, we got to make sure that we don't go too heavy into the metal realm and, and alienate our punk fans or, or vice versa? Or is it, do you just, does that not even an issue? I don't think that's the issue, but sometimes uh, I'm pretty sure we're all like cognizant of, of having like just plain stock metal riffs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to just, like, 
like I think we want it to be creative and sound like us, you know, like not just like not just sit there and try to copy Razor and Sacrifice, you know, and like you know what I mean? Because they already exist and they're already awesome, and there's all already a ton of metal bands. Uh, but I think it's just I think we play what we want, but like no matter what, but we're just. Like, there can even be a kind of stock metal riff as long as what's surrounding it is sounds like uh, it's our own thing, you know? Right. Like, uh, I think that's more it, you know, than, like, not, like, we don't want to go too metal or too punk, but, like, I think we're definitely uh, cognizant about trying to have it sound like it's not just anybody you know what I mean? Yep, I know exactly. Yeah. 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 And that comes naturally because you're propaganda and you're going to sound like propaganda, which doesn't sound yeah, like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I I think even sometimes I think like when I got into uh punk bands, I I was almost mistaken about what punk was because like I was first into the Accused and like even Daglo out there in Victoria, like they're pretty metallic crossover in a yeah. way, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like and I think I didn't understand like that, you know what I mean? I, to me, that's what punk was. So it's like already very metallic. <laughs> right. You weren't listening to uh, like the Buzzcocks and uh, and those kind of things off the top. You were listening to that metal, the medley, the medley punk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like even me, like I have no fa- no against all these bands, but like the Ramones and that, like it just it just sounded like pop music faster to me. Like I could, like it didn't it didn't. Uh, really get to my spirit the way like the accused did you know sure like, just these crazy bands it sounded so raw and aggressive and like old coc you know animosity and that like the stuff just blew my mind with how exciting it was <laughs> <laughs> uh is it true you have a black belt in jiu-jitsu i do yeah that's something else i spent a, a lot of time doing yeah then my body just started uh like my back and stuff just started giving out on me a little too much, so I switched to boxing for a couple of years, and then yeah, I've been doing Muay Thai for the last two years, I guess. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, it's super fun. I'll probably do jujitsu again sometime, but yeah, I did it for a long time, like at least twelve or thirteen years, pretty much every day. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, you sound like a very focused guy when it comes to all this stuff. I mean, your art, your music, your you know, martial yeah, arts, I all think that that's stuff. Well, I think that's one thing jiu-jitsu taught me, you know, like, because I'd be there, like, I would notice, like, there's guys way stronger than me, guys way faster, way fitter, way tougher, you know, but I'd be there going every day, and they'd kind of come and go, you know, mm-hmm. and then, that, like, over a long period of time, like, pretty soon, like, it would be, like, very, very few of the guys can beat me, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely, yeah. Like, I could just see the hard work paying off, and, like, like I would be, like, saying to, like, the instructors, I don't want my next belt. I'm not ready, you know? He'd be like, no, don't be an idiot. Just, you, God, you, des- you know, you deserve it. And I'd be like, okay, I'll take it, I guess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Just, like, uh, I just think it just showed me, like, yeah, you just keep working, and you just, you know what I mean? You Like, you focus years ahead, because... Like when I started uh, jiu-jitsu, like there was no one who would have a jiu-jitsu belt from like before they'd done it for at least like 10 years or something, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like my mind was focused 10 years ahead. And then when I was like trying to paint, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not, 
I'm not even worried about what these look like until I'm like at least 200, 300 paintings in, you know? Wow. I'm like, then I'll start, like, like I'll assess them for what's wrong, but I'm not going to like, like cry that they suck, you right. know? You're not going to obsess like, over little mistakes because you know that it's, it's not, not the big picture. So yeah, and I'm not going to quit, you know, because some, you know, because I can't fix this nose, you know. I quit drawing forever, you know. <laughs> uh, that's very cool. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Todd. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah. This was a great chat. And uh, and all the best when you head over to, to Europe and such. Thanks, Jason. Right on. I appreciate your right. time. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been the Punk Show Podcast. If you'd like to hear more, including kick-ass punk music, go to thezone.fm slash punk. Oh yeah, and be sure to check out The Punk Show on Facebook and Instagram.